Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We now have an audience from 27 countries with our latest listener joining us from Pakistan. If you're new to our podcast, here's a quick overview. We are currently in year one and the four main topics that my guests talk about are flexible work, fathers and care, support for professionals returning to paid work and transferable skills from unpaid care work. Today's guest will focus in particular on parental leave in Denmark and work and life balance. If you are interested in this topic, please check out our previous episodes that are dedicated to this aspect of gender equality. I will also add them in the show notes. We are coming to an end of year one of the podcast in late February, early March. The Job Sharing and Beyond show will start again with its second year in late March. Follow us on Emily's Past Consulting EPC newsletter to keep up to date on the latest news and also read an additional Q&A interview, updates on previous podcast guests, sneak previews on future guests and interesting research findings. You can find the subscription link in the show notes or you can head over to our website at emilyspath.ca which is E-M-I-L-Y-S-P-A-T-H dot C-A. And now I'm very appreciative to introduce our guest for today, Lisbeth Osgard Madsen. Lisbeth is the founder and CEO of Potential Company, focusing particularly on the talent pipeline consequences because of the mental rift between family and ambition for men and women. Potential Company expands the opportunity for gender diversity at all levels of the talent pipeline. Lisbeth is the author of the book Mother with Ambition, written in Danish. She has been advisor and speaker of various areas of diversity and talent retention. And now, without further ado, let's start our conversation with Lisbeth, who is the guest from our 10th country around the world. Welcome to the show, Lisbeth. Thank you very much. It is really nice to have you on the show today and we might even have an additional visitor on our show exactly <laughs> yes i i brought along my my six week old baby Viga, who's here as well um so if you hear baby noises along the way then uh, that's the reason <laughs> that's that's my youngest so far visitor yeah. onto the show <laughs> Well, I thought it was on topic, so it was a great way of uh, of getting getting her into the topic as well. I I completely agree. Thank you for bringing her along. We have a lot of listeners from all over the world, so could you share so they know where you are calling in from? If there is a particular site or food 
that they should be checking out when they visit your area? Well, yes. Well, I, I'm from Denmark. I live in Copenhagen in Denmark, um, which is a small country in, the, in Northern Europe, if anyone wonders. <laughs> um, and uh, well, the site that everyone talks about, uh, all, all tourists come to see is the Little Mermaid. That's actually, that's just, yeah, a couple of kilometers away from, from where I'm at right now. Um, I would say uh, another main site for me would be all the great restaurants we have here because uh, we're doing pretty well in the restaurant scene. Uh, so for example, uh, the, well, the, the world's number one restaurant, Noma, is placed here in Copenhagen and it's a great place to go and check out. And so that's like for sure a place to go and see and check out if, if, uh, if, they wanna, if, if people want to see something else than The Little Mermaid. Thank you so much. That sounds really tasty. <laughs> It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Lisbeth, you are the CEO and founder of The Potential Company. Can you share with our listeners why you created your company? Yes, well, it actually started when I um, when I had my first child. So I I have three daughters by now. Well, the youngest is six six weeks, but my my eldest is almost eight years old. And when I gave birth to her, um, I realized all the the issues there are with unleashing the potential of. Uh, well, generally female talents in, yeah, in general, and especially because of uh, the fact that, that we, we have babies and women give birth to the babies, whereas the men don't. And that creates a lot of challenges uh, to gender diversity and also to how, to how we divide our time between uh, work and family spheres um, among the genders. So that is the reason why I decided to, well, to venture into that area and uh, create solutions for companies and for the society at large to actually help uh, it will loosen up that uh, big gaudy knot that uh, that this whole work uh, and family spheres uh, problem is i i'm very appreciative that you started this because it's been really fascinating to research about all the work you have done And thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Now, can you walk us through the details of the balanced talent pipeline program that you have created? Well, it started out as um, well one of the first things that I actually created when I when I came up with the company, and it was actually created because I realized that uh, most of the talent drain that that happens in companies. It doesn't happen uh, when people are in top management. It actually happens a lot further down the line. Uh, and the talent pipeline drains out women, especially when they're in their 30s while they're having children. So uh, in, in creating this program, we're actually trying to help uh, companies uh, will retain their talent while it's still talent and it's not in leadership or like in top management uh, to make sure that they actually make it all the way up to the, the, the higher levels in the company um, and prevent talent drain, you could say. And do you have any particular example of, um, you know, how you have implemented this in an organization? Well, we've actually ended up working... Um, Well, for example, particularly with, with uh, parental leave, that's a, quite an issue here in Denmark because it happens in, in Denmark, you get um, a very long parental leave or mainly maternity leave, actually. <coughs> Sorry. Um, 
And so we have implemented programs in, for example, uh, well, Lego, for example, where we've helped, helped company, uh, the company um, get this whole uh, idea of, uh, of, of how do we manage uh, parental leave so that we actually make sure that, that the, the women don't, uh, don't leave and, and help them both, you know, um, tend to the, the, the fathers and the mothers to actually make sure that they, uh, they stay in the company uh, for a longer time. And so with that, you have um, created something which I found so interesting. It's called the Keep in Touch Conversations. And yes. can you share with our listeners a bit more about what exactly that is? Yes, that is um, a, like a very concrete, yeah, keep in touch program, you could say, when it comes to parental leave. And mm -hmm. it, uh, it, it is actually a, a, a program where we set up six conversations during the time uh, from when, when, when uh, a person first realizes that, that he or she is actually expecting a child and then until they come back from parental leave and they're well into their uh, time of parenthood, you could say. Because as I said before, that's the time at least here in Denmark, but also in other countries, that's that's really a problem. Uh, so we make sure that that companies and their employees that are expecting uh, actually stay in touch uh, along the way, all the way um, from when they first discover their pregnancy and mm -hmm. until they come back. And it's 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 not rocket science, really. It's it's a matter of getting them to uh, uh, to maintain their their discussion. Uh, well, from from right from the offset, and then to maintain their contact all the way through uh, through parental leave, and and have agendas to actually say what is it that we're going to discuss during these times to make sure that they get all around, you know, both uh, the practical issues of of uh, of being on leave and not being working, and also the emotional issues of of becoming a parent. I really think this is so important, and I hope that people listening to this all over the world think about that and might implement that also in their respective organizations because I feel yeah. often the identity especially mm -hmm. of a mother but also if it's a um a dad who takes a longer time of um, paternal leave it, mm -hmm. it's so easily um switched over to being quote-unquote only a mom or only mm -hmm. a dad and the whole professional sort of identity just vanishes and I think that creates then often more of a um, reduction of self-confidence from a professional yes. perspective. Yes and actually what, what we experience quite often is that uh, the, the very second uh, of, of the, what, the time that people are, are away they exactly experience that they're actually uh, yeah they feel like less of an asset to their employer mm -hmm. Uh, and they actually, I've, I've talked with people that have said, uh, so I'm returning to, to my work now, but I don't know if I'm going to be as, as, as good an employee as I was prior to my, uh, to my leave time. Uh, and quite often what happens is actually that you become an even better employee because you all of a sudden you, you actually, you have to manage, uh, well, or you will manage projects in a new way because becoming a parent actually is one big education in project management and stress enhancement exactly. and, uh, so so for that reason it's actually you become a, a way better employee but you don't really realize that when you're in it uh, and then you come back and think that you should actually get a, a lower salary instead of a higher salary for 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 what you've learned during the, your time away right so i i think that is just such an important thing because it really helps 
the respect of mom or dad to realize what a valuable asset they yes. are to the company and mm -hmm. that the skills that they are learning are helpful and can be yes. transferred. And I think that's, if I, you know, from, from a global perspective, I feel there is still a lot of opportunity to, you know, grow in that, to mm -hmm. see that transferability of yes. skills. For sure. And those skills are just, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a mom or dad, they will, they, they, they are there for sure in, in each and every parent that are out there. So that is pretty much, yeah, I guess that's, that's the, the, the gist of, of, of that program. But it's also about, you know, just making sure that, uh, you know, if, if, the, if the employer actually just stays away and stays out of touch with their, um, with their employee during the time when they're away, uh, then that employer will be like at the furthest back of the employee's mind. And then the second they start thinking, you know, everything's out up in the air when you when you uh, when you create a family and you you have the, the everything falls that when everything falls down into place then your the employer will be at the back of your priority list so if you want to actually move up that priority list of the employee then uh, you'll have to be you know present in their minds all the way along uh, the time when when they're actually away from work so that's also the reason for the employer to actually want to do this yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a win-win for both parties. Exactly. So I think that's excellent, excellent. So now you also wrote a book, and I don't speak Danish, so the translation <laughs> no. would be... But you'll have Mother to learn with... that soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mother with ambition. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I would love to see that book in English. <laughs> yeah. But so, so to be very honest, I like, you know, from a summary of the book, I put it into mm -hmm. Google Translate to get a little bit of an overview yes. in English. But <laughs> you tell our listeners... Um, a summary of the book, please, and why yes. you wrote it. Yes, well, I, I actually wrote the book. That, that was the start of my journey, My also my the, the reason why I created the company. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote the book after give, giving birth and, and having all those experiences with, uh, with becoming a mother myself. Um, and what happened to, my, to myself was actually that I, I, uh, I became a mom and then I thought I was going to come back to work and, and do the same thing. And then um, along the way, I realized that so much had happened, and I just my um, my current employer was a was a like a genuine misfit to me. So I ended up quitting my job and writing that book instead about uh, what is it that actually happens and why is it that that lots of of uh, well, especially women mothers with ambition. Uh, well firstly they 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 don't necessarily thrive while they're on um, on, on maternity leave and mm -hmm. secondly when they come back they realize that, uh, that the job isn't the right one for them um so so what what was that whole process and why is it that that we're struggling especially the mothers are struggling so much with with this whole process and what can we learn from that um so it's a it's a, a book that actually uh, uh gives mothers an idea of why is it that, that they're struggling if they are. Um, and also gives, you know, their employers an idea of why is it that it's so, it may be difficult to actually, yeah, retain those mothers with ambition uh, at a, like, long-term uh, in the company or in the workplace. Uh, so, but to me, it was actually my own personal self-therapeutic project while I was writing it to figure out what was actually happening inside myself. And then I ended up out, you know, 
sending out my thoughts to everyone else for everyone else to to read as well <laughs> i truly think it sounds like that should be a book that somebody who is pregnant and is as you said very ambitious should mm -hmm. be reading just to get a perspective already because i think it's so hard before you have children to really imagine what it's going to be like yes. and yes, exactly. to to balance the work and life mm -hmm. i i think theoretically it, you know one can imagine it but it just yeah Yeah, it's a whirlwind that just comes and 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 knocks you over. Well, when when especially with the first child, you don't know what 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 hit you, <laughs> and then exactly. you have to make a meaning of all that. So that was actually the whole that that was what happened to me. So I then I just wrote it down, and and then out came that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So now, as we are talking about it, I strongly believe that flexible working is really one of the solutions to all of this and mm -hmm. i feel therefore it is a important part of diverse of a diverse workforce because it really allows people who may otherwise not be able to return to the paid mm -hmm. workforce to participate mm -hmm. so now i'm curious what are best practice examples of flexible working in denmark and also with COVID, how have things changed in general uh, you know on a, on a on a you could say on a worldwide scale i guess denmark has has always or at least over the last well decades has been doing really well in, in this whole flexibility thing and and also um, most Danes actually leave work around five o'clock <laughs> or even mm -hmm. before that uh, and that's the end of their work day so we, so we're actually we, we have a lot of time for for what, compared to other countries for what you would call balancing work and family life mm -hmm. um, so in that in in that matter you could say that Denmark is actually a best practice example in its own respect <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. because we actually we're, we're doing pretty well in that but what what is then the the issue is uh, that most in Denmark you can't really uh, you can't well run a workplace if you don't offer those conditions uh, to your employees the thing is then sometimes that flexibility is kind of it's it's on paper but it's not really then really happening when you're actually out there Uh, working for for that company, uh, but what has happened in uh, in oh yeah, and then there's also the matter of flexibility also with where you well where you're working from if you're working from home or if you're working from the office, mm -hmm. um, and there also I think uh, a lot of companies have have offered a lot of flexibility on paper, but then when it came to living it out, it hasn't been as uh, as as rosy as as you think. Right. Um, But uh, then uh, came Corona uh, or the COVID crisis, and we had the, our uh, well, our first and only so far. Let's hope it stays that way. Lockdown was in from March to through May, pretty much, and that meant that everyone was sent home and everyone had to work from home until the summer holidays, pretty much, which were in, mm -hmm. in June, and that meant that everyone had to to do that, both men and women. Uh, what happened before the COVID crisis was that with all the flexibility measures that were there, they, they were there on paper for everyone, but it was mainly the, the female uh, uh, workers or the female employees that actually made use of it, uh, mm -hmm. which meant that it actually became uh, a diversity 
um, break instead of a diversity lever because it would mean that a lot of women made use of it and were less uh, reliable as as an employee because they would leave uh, work early or would work from home or whatever and 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 most and lots of men would be going to the office every day and having a lot more face time with the boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it would uh, be a break for diversity instead of a lever. Then came uh, COVID and uh, then all of a sudden everyone was sent home, men and women. Uh, right. And actually there has been a few um, pieces of research here that actually shows that uh, that means that the uh, or lots of men have actually realized how, how nice it is to work from home and how nice it is to actually see more of your kids and, and hang out with them more and go for walks or whatever you, you, you they've spent their time doing during the, the, the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that more men are wanting this whole flexibility, those flexibility measures now than prior to the COVID crisis. Uh, which means that it can actually, if, if used in the right way, the, this no, whole new situation can actually become a diversity lever in the future because now all of a sudden it's not only uh, the men that are actually, or the women that actually uh, are asking for these measures, but men are also starting to do it. What then has then happened is that uh, some of some women uh, have actually um, uh, experienced this to be such a nice thing that even more women have decided to quit their jobs uh, completely and uh, be stay-at-home moms for a while because they thought this it's just been great to be around the kids all the time. So yeah, we're, the jury is still out. We'll see how it uh, how it pans out. But it, I'm I'm still crossing my fingers that it will mainly mainly be a diversity lever this whole COVID thing because more. Uh, well, you, you say the, the men are getting to the level where the women were before the, the COVID crisis. One of the things I think, I, or at least I'm hoping too, is that people, um, or especially like male senior leaders, are realizing mm-hmm. how much extra work unpaid care work really is. That too. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, what skills one can learn from it. Because as you had said earlier, the time management, the flexibility, the project management, all of this was all of a sudden for everybody to see at home. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of these leaders might have not experienced that ever yes, before. Sure. So, And it has also, I think that that doesn't only go for, for Denmark. It's, it's a, like a thing people worldwide have experienced from this lockdown crisis. Um, all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the family sphere uh, has been open for everyone to see in a, in a work uh, uh, environment because you well you've right. been doing Zoom meetings or team meetings or whatever you uh, the platform was and you've been seeing like the kids crawling around on top of your head while you've been uh, been in meetings <laughs> or whatever they've been doing or screaming in the corner or whatever <laughs> um, so so it's it's like it's been like that for everyone pretty much so it hasn't only been you know for the for the women to showcase the, that right. that side of their life so that's that's a really like a, a good thing that's come out of this crisis I'd say on the flexibility side at least one good thing <laughs> yeah no, I, I I fully agree because North America as a whole I still think is way behind flexible work mm-hmm. um, arrangements and because especially in the U.S. but also in Canada so many women in particular had to quit because it was impossible to do yeah. homeschooling exactly. and pay care work on top of a full-time job. I mm-hmm. truly hope that that will shift 
the attitude mm. towards more flexible work in North yeah. America as well. Well, let's hope so. And it's well, it's I think it's a it's a long journey, but you know they say a crisis puts um, all tendencies that are already there on speed, and I think this is one tendency that's really been sped up by 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 this crisis. So let's hope that it, it continues going in that direction. I really hope so. And also, mm-hmm. you know, talking to you and sharing more of best practice examples that already exist around the world so people don't have to reinvent the wheel. While I was doing research about you, what I really loved was your hashtag stop talent waste. The reason why I created that hashtag was exam- exactly that if you just let all those women leave the workforce or don't make use of their, their, their professional talents just because, oh, they might get pregnant in a year or two, so we don't want to engage investing in them, then that's really a talent waste. And then you actually waste or miss out on 50% of the world's population, which is, to me, seems like a serious waste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What is happening there is that, that this is still happening. And it's, we, I don't think we have, we have made like the final solution to that or found a final solution to that yet. Uh, but what is happening is that people are, for example, turning towards parental leave and turning towards the whole family thing now and realizing that it is an issue that has immense impact on how we see gender diversity and how we see talent extraction, if you can call it, call it that, in general. So I think uh, merely from you know getting uh, putting focus in the right direction, that works really well. But other than that, I think we still have a lot of work to do uh, in general. You can actually see that from, from Danish numbers, uh, there is a piece of research that actually shows uh, that uh, with regards to gender equality in general, then you know uh, everything that has to do with gender bias and and you know um, uh, choice of educational direction uh, uh, for for genders. Actually, some of the things that have been a problem for many years have actually or are being eliminated as as we speak, and it's get it's gotten a lot better in the last ten or twenty years. But when mm-hmm. it comes to you know families in general, then it's it's all the same, the same as it has always been. That it's it's mainly the women that take care of the families, not the men, unfortunately. Um, in like like broadly speaking, right? Or, but and and that still hasn't changed. It's been the same for the last fifty years, which is quite astonishing because we're well, we're we're tending to say that we are some of the the most gender equal uh, places in the world. But when it comes to that, we're just as bad as any other country. And so there's still a lot to do. Very few um, societies have figured out a very good way to re-enter these professionals. Yes. Yes. And, and I think, I mean, I've talked to young professionals here in Canada who were actually concerned about having a mm-hmm. child because they were worried how this would impact their career. And so I know in the US, in the UK, and in Germany, there are internships and other methods to try and re- um, help professionals return. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, is there something in particular 
in Denmark where somebody who might have been an unpaid care worker for 5, 10, 15 years, how do they return back to paid work? Well, the thing with Denmark is that there hasn't been a lot of people that, that actually have, like historically, there hasn't been a lot of people that have been out of the workforce for that long because then mm-hmm. they're doomed forever pretty much. That's the gist. Of, but we have uh, uh, the um, uh, women in Denmark are some of the, the, the most, uh, how do you say that in English? Um, people stay in the workforce even when they have kids, okay. but they just don't okay. advance as much uh, to okay. to such higher degree. Uh, so there is, the, the, I think, many countries actually have more return to work programs than in Denmark because the only time away from work that we have in Denmark is actually maternity leave, and then we come back. Uh, but but some of the things that are happening now is exactly that more and more people are actually withdrawing at, like at, completely from from the workforce for a few mm-hmm. years because they want to stay at home with with their kids, and that's right. a new thing in Denmark. Um, ah. But uh, but the thing is that that's the same all over the world. Um, everyone thinks that a career curve starts at the bottom and then goes directly at a like at a steep line all the way to the top. And that you don't have, you know, ups and downs in your career. You have to like show one progressive move from the bottom to the top. To the top, um, and that's not, especially with women, that's not the way their work, uh, their life works. Because yeah, then you have a kid, and then you have two kids, and and then you have some years where you, may, yeah, may need to have other needs than 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 working in a steep line to 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 create a career. Um, and that whole like bouncing career curve, no one actually has ever thought of how to attend to that. Um, and and that's actually what people are realizing here in Denmark, that maybe we should do something to cater for people that are actually, that have a career curve like that, that's not going steep from the bottom to the top. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty much the same issue that everyone else has. Uh, and because then in, in Denmark, the thing is, then you can actually maintain your connection to the, to the, with the workforce or with, with being still being part of the workforce uh, while still having a bouncing career curve. That's more the thing that we're actually looking at than, than having return to work programs because, um, yeah, that's, that's just not, there's quite few people that actually leave work, the workforce for a, for a number of years still in Denmark. Um, but actually what I've been suggesting to, to some companies has actually been to, to try and look at like, you know, when, if you want to create uh, talent, then you try and nurture them while they're in their twenties. And then you make a graduate program for people that come out of business school or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully they will become, they, they, that, that's a talent program and they will be, uh, stay in the company for long enough to actually, uh, to have those skills uh, developed further and then they'll make it to the top at some stage. Um, but why not actually create a talent program or a, a, a different kind of graduate program to people in their 40s when they're back in the workforce and when they're exactly. back at full speed at least? Um, because it's more a matter of being back at full speed than actually being back in the workforce in Denmark. And um most companies haven't really thought about that because it's like when you're in your 40s, if you haven't made it to to top management, then then your career will be doomed forever. And and that it shouldn't be like that. Uh, so that's actually, but it's a complete change of mindset that you actually have to, to go into to actually uh, to do that. So that's something that people are still looking at. But the funny thing is that when, when you talk about uh, why is it that women don't make it to the top, everyone's talking about we need to make a, change in culture changing the way we view women but uh, the, the thing is that people are still view, viewing women as 
uh, wanting to do career in the same way as the old traditional steep from the bottom to the top curve. And as long as they do that, they will not create that cre- uh, that cultural change um, because that will require, for example, to make a, a graduate program for people uh, above the age of, of 40. So it's still a, a long journey that people are going on <laughs> to actually realize what, what has to be done to uh, to to actually get moving. And, you know, Lisbeth, this is so interesting that you're saying this because I was very recently reading the book Range by mm-hmm. David Epstein. Yes. And basically in his book, he pretty much sort of says that, you know, it is typically perceived to be, you know, you're maybe if you're a lawyer or a surgeon or, you know, that it's a very linear path, mm-hmm. but that many professions it actually benefits from having a more um diverse or circular or you know mm-hmm. uh, you know or spiraling um, or whatever you call spiral, it yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. because it allows people to be more innovative because mm-hmm. they are able to use different parts of experiences exactly. and things they've learned and exactly. so and one example interestingly enough in the book is this, um, she's the former CEO of um, the uh, Girl Scouts in the US, mm-hmm. Frances yeah. Hesselbein, and mm-hmm. she did not start a paid career until she was in her 50s. No, exactly. And so what happened was she basically started, she had an eight-year-old son and was asked to temporarily take over like a Girl Scout group for I think mm-hmm. it was six weeks or something. And so she said, okay, she stayed with them for, I believe it was eight years. And so gradually, you know, she did an enormous amount of volunteer work, mm-hmm. which taught her a lot of leadership skills. Exactly. And so eventually she was asked to become the CEO. And, you know, so when you think about it, if you told somebody, this person who is now, you know, being viewed as one of the biggest leadership examples, and she's mm-hmm. now in her, like, how do you say this, in her 100, she's above the age of 100 now. Uh-huh. And, you know, and so it's just so fascinating what she has accomplished. Uh-huh. And, and like the range of experience she had, and how this all was, you know, serving her to start her paid career in the Mm -hmm. 50s so so yeah so i feel if we can like you know see parenthood whether somebody stays at home for a year or Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 just as a stepping stone in the spiral career And that's actually the reason why we're actually, we suggest uh, here in Denmark that people should put their their time on parental leave on their CVs. Exactly. Because it's actually quite a, yeah, it can become an an upgrading experience for many people. (laughs) And and it's not being regarded currently as, as something that's actually an upgrade. It's rather a bump. Well, at its best, a bump on the road, which is silly because it's so much more than that. And, and that, honestly, this is my dream that one day somebody who is looking for new employees, they look at it, whether it's a resume or on LinkedIn, and they mm-hmm. see, and it lim- simply says dad or mom, mm-hmm. something like this. And let's say it says two or three years or however long. Mm-hmm. And then somebody looks at it and says, oh, 
yeah, wow, that is somebody who is very flexible, time focused, uh-huh. um, is good at project management, and then they look, you know, at the other um, experiences that person has had, and mm-hmm. not, uh, and to your point, you know, and, and see it as just a normal thing, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I think I, I'm, I strongly believe we get there if we have more people around the world like you. And you know you. to share <laughs> all the things you have already done. So I'm I'm so appreciative that you, our listeners could be you know hearing all the initiatives you have done. Yes, and thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. And Elizabeth, I could talk with you forever, but our time is coming to an end. And so I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure: is there anything else that we haven't talked about today that you would like to share with our listeners? No, well, uh, I just think it's it's quite important that that people realize that, uh, if, as I said before, a, a career curve doesn't have to be steep, uh, linear from mm-hmm. from the bottom to the top. There are many other ways to to do it, uh, and it's important that both you know both people that are employees and people that are managers or employers actually realize that, because um, until we actually yeah realize that all of us that there are so many other ways to 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 make to create a career then i don't think there will be a lot of diversity in in management because then it's going to be the same kinds of people that will be um, uh, opt through the systems because uh, th- then there's only going to be one narrative of how a leader should a leader CV should look, uh, exactly. and and we are missing out big time on yes yeah, you say on innovation and on diversity and on well pretty much on on potential um, well both talent and uh, profit margins when when we're not looking at it that way. So I guess that that's my main um, point in this whole discussion. Thank you so much. Now, Lisbeth, how can people find you? Well, we uh, I have a, a website, obviously, that's, uh, that's called potentialco.dk. So mm-hmm. no dots between potential and CEO, just straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people are very welcome to uh, connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, feel free to drop me a note that, that, uh, that they've uh, heard about me or heard our talk here, because then mm-hmm. I know where, where that connect is coming from. Um, and if anyone would like, to, if anyone wants to, to hear more or wants to be in touch, then uh, I can be reached on, on uh, my email address, which is LOM. Elizabeth Olgo Madsen um, at potentialco.dk. So th- those are the ways to, to get in touch with me. Thank you so much, Lisbeth. It was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Well, it was a great pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye!